0: We, uh, on Friday nights with the youth, we started in the book of James a few weeks ago, and, and we're at this point uh, in James chapter 1, verse 19. We're going to finish the rest of chapter 1 tonight. But I think that song is so fitting for where we are at tonight, uh, how hard it is to really follow through in, in what we feel at church, and when we, when we leave the altar, when we walk out the door, and, and the disconnect that happens there. Um, and that's exactly what the text is going to deal with tonight, and so I hope uh, you'll turn in your Bibles with me to James chapter 1, and as you turn there, let me open up in prayer. Let me pray. Father, Lord, tonight I just ask you humbly to, to let your spirit uh, speak through your word to our hearts. Lord, I, am, I know I am imperfect and that I don't follow through on everything that is in your word and everything I know I should do, uh, Lord, I ask for your forgiveness and I ask for your mercy as, as I try to uh, speak your word accurately tonight. Lord, let our hearts hear your word and let your spirit empower us to do the word that we hear in Jesus' name, amen. All right, um, Christianity is popular. Did you know that? Christianity is very popular. Last year uh, Christian bookstores sold 275 million books uh, in the US. Christian music artists sold 53 million albums. You spread that out in the Bahamas and each of us would get about 175 albums in one year. Christian movies have become popular again, right? Uh, We've shown two of them here at our church recently. We've shown "Facing the Giants" and "Flywheel," and uh, even just this weekend, a movie came out in the U.S. What was it called? "Fireproof." Right. It's about fireproofing your marriage, and from and it's made by Christians and from a Christian worldview. And I think I checked, and it made about six million dollars this weekend little more than that, and their budget was about 500 grand, so, so they've turned a very nice profit on that movie. Um, Passion of the Christ. That movie made about 370 million at the box office, and on the first day of when they started selling the DVD of it, they sold another 4 million DVDs of Passion of the Christ. So Christianity is popular, is it not? Christian, You see Christian t-shirts and Christian clothing is very popular uh, nowadays. So then why when, when George Barna does a study on Christians in the US, why does he find that only 9% of so-called Christians have a biblical worldview? Only 9% of people who call themselves Christians use the Bible as the lens through which they view the world and not their own opinion or or their own feelings or what TV shows tell them or what celebrities tell them they should think about a certain issue. Only nine percent of Christians in America do this. They use the Bible to see the world. I think tonight's passage gives us a clue as to why there is this disconnect. Why Christians uh, don't really look like Christians. Why Christians look just like the world. In James chapter 1 and we start at verse 19 and we'll get to that as we go. So far we've, we've talked about going through trials. Uh, going through trials knowing that the Lord can use them to make us more mature. Uh, not to make us despair. And on Friday night, we talked about uh, our, what happens when we sin. Who's, who's at fault when we sin? Do we blame God? Do we blame other people? No, it's, it's our own lust, our own temptation. And God doesn't cause us to sin. God doesn't make us to sin. Um, and now James is moving on, and this is where he starts in verse 19. He says, This you know, my beloved brethren. But everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. We'll stop there for a minute. James tells them, You know this, or at least you should know this, that everyone, everyone including you, so tonight, think of how this passage will apply to you, not someone you know or not someone you think, boy, I really wish so-and-so was here so they could hear this. No, think how this passage will apply to you tonight. It says everyone, you, must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Quick to hear. What does that mean? Quick to do nothing, really, right? Quick to not act. Quick to hear what the other person is saying. Don't jump to conclusions about what you think they're saying. L- really listen to see what they're trying to say. Are they, are they coming to you? Are they trying to bring a... Maybe they are trying to bring a criticism, but are they bringing a criticism that is fair? Are they doing it in a gentle way? But just because you recognize it as a criticism, that doesn't mean you jump right back and say, well, yeah, you say that about me, but I've noticed some things in your life too, right? And so you jump back at them and you, and you say things at them and what happens? The situation gets worse. So we must be quick to hear, slow to speak this should be the life verse of Bahamians all over the place, right? Because Bahamians, as soon as you say something to them, they they jump right back and they've got something to say to you. But the scripture tells us we should be slow to speak and slow to anger. Some people like being angry, right? It, It just fires them up. They get a pleasure out of being angry but the scripture tells us no be slow to anger because we can we can hear someone say something to us or say something about us yet you know and we don't say anything in return because we know we shouldn't because it'll probably just keep a problem going but in our heart we're saying boy, I wish I, we go home and we say boy I wish I would have said this right? Man, if I, if I could only just say what I... And in our heart, we're, we're angry. And the problem is still there. And, and there's uh, a disconnect in the relationship. The relationship will break down. God tells us, listen to the person. Don't automatically jump back with a response. And don't automatically become enraged. He's saying... we. He tells us, be slow to become angry. So he's implying that what? We have self-control. We can choose to let our anger fire up within us, or we can let the Spirit work and have self-control in our lives. Why does he say this? He gives us the reason. Four, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. So you can't be a person who's walking around angry and bitter all the time, and yet try to tell everybody that you're, that you're a Christian, and I love God, and oh, God has done great things for me, but you're walking around with all this anger and bitterness, and it, and it, it taints uh, your, your reputation. It says, the anger that you have does not produce a righteous life, and there are so many of us who walk around with with anger and resentment from things that happened so many years ago, and we don't even recognize, and, and he'll get into that in a minute, we don't even recognize that we're fooling ourselves into thinking that we are growing spiritually or that we can grow if we are holding on to all this anger and bitterness. So tonight, I just ask you, are you angry? Are you bitter? Is there someone that when I say, say something about anger or bitterness, that person just pops into your head and you know that you don't have, you haven't gotten that right with that person yet. You haven't forgiven them yet. Look at verse 21. Says, in light of all this, in light of the fact that, that anger doesn't produce righteousness of God, that that anger you hold in your heart prevents you from living a righteous life, Therefore putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls He says if if you want to live a righteous life you have to put aside or put off put off all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness. So there are things that we've got to take off. We've got to take off filthiness, wickedness, poor attitudes. I've got, uh, I've got my my dirty laundry hamper right here. These are my actual dirty clothes. Okay? That, that is what you've been smelling. I'm sorry. Um, when you come in from a long day of work and like Darren does landscaping, when Darren comes in from a long day of work, do you, do you automatically run to your food and eat your food when, when, when you're all dirty and filthy and, and disgusting and you smell bad and you've got germs and filth all over you? No. Right, you don't go to bed. Right, you run into the shower. You, and you, you take off those dirty clothes. You take off those filthy clothes. And, and when you come out of the shower, right, you don't run and, and dig in your dirty clothes hamper and put them back on, right? Unless you're in college. Um, in college, you have, you have three sets of clothes. You have clean, slightly funky, and, and radioactive, all right? Uh, these are slightly funky I will wash my hands when I'm done I promise okay but we don't we don't run straight to our dirty clothes hamper and put them back on we want to get rid of that filth we want to take it off and put on some clean clothes and wash up so that so that we can eat so that we can do things and not have people be disgusted with us right this is what he's saying he's saying Put off all that filthiness, all that anger, all that bitterness, all those poor attitudes that you have. Take those, put them aside, and in humility, in in understanding that that you're not all that. Okay? That it's not all about you. As we learned yesterday in the in the Truth Project video, talked about the, the the people that wear the shirt says it's all about me, right? And, and if you have any of those, burn them, okay? If you wear those, burn them, because it's not all about you. And if you walk around wearing that shirt all over the place, okay, that's not humility. It's not humility. But he says, understand that you don't know it all. Be humble and put off all that stuff so that you can receive the word, okay? receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls. We So many of us come to church with all of this filthiness still in our hearts. We 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 get around people and we have all this filthiness and this bitterness that we're holding on to and we just won't let it go and then we 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 and then we come out complaining that well I I I wasn't impacted by that message. It didn't really uh, change anything in my life. Well, was it the message's fault or was it you not being prepared? This is why uh, I understand why Pastor Lee, every Sunday morning, we have confession time, right? And some of us think, oh, this is, that's just, you know, uh, this nap time. Uh, but, but it's important for us to come in and, and cleanse our hearts and put off the filthiness and the wickedness so that we can be ready to receive the word. Right, Pastor Lee? Amen. So he says, these are the things that we must do in order to receive the word. But he says, don't just, don't just think that you can come and, and hear and be okay. In verse 22, he says, But but prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. We can come to church. Some some of us come Wednesday night, Discovery, Friday night, Sunday, twice on Sunday. And we sit down and we sit back and we say, all right, what you got for me today? And, And we hear it. And we think that because we were at church and we heard it, that we are good Christians. That we are faithful to the Lord. But we know that based on all those statistics that I gave you at the beginning, no matter how much money uh, the Christian music industry or, or book industry makes, people still don't look at the world through a biblical worldview. They look at it through their own eyes or, or how the world thinks. So he's saying, don't, don't just listen. Do it. Okay? Do the word. Be doers of the word, not merely hearers who delude themselves. If you think that you can come to church and just hear and come to church in all your filthiness and not put it off and continue living a sinful lifestyle all the time, nonstop, you're, you're fooling yourself. One of the commentaries I read says that this, this word delude is a mathematical word in the Greek. And it's, it's basically uh, it's saying you've miscalculated. And so if you think that you don't have to put off filthiness or that you can only hear the word and think that that's enough, then you've miscalcul- you've made a terrible spiritual miscalculation. And you need... To do the word. He explains it further. Verse 23 For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer. This man will be blessed in what he does." Who wants to be blessed in what you do? Right? It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just come by hearing. It comes by doing. Now, if any of you have been over to Marina Village recently, uh, or, or on Friday or Saturday night, you see teenagers over there, right? And, and, I, and I like to watch them, because they, they'll whip out their their little uh, makeup kit or their little clamshell or whatever, and they'll, and they'll look at their mirror, and, and they'll look at it, and they'll like, oh, okay, I look good, all right. And then they'll talk to their friend, and then a couple minutes later, oh, i got to look again. i got to check it out, because I might have changed in those last two minutes. And, and it's usually girls, you know, but it, it's even worse if it's boys. But... Um, you know those guys that they just gotta check themselves out like every every five minutes? All right, I can be guilty um, but uh, yeah it's not good but why do we do that? Why do we, why do we act like we've forgotten what we look like when we look in the mirror? And especially when it comes to the word we can come, you can come on a Friday night, you can come here on a Sunday night and you can hear everything and you can even say, wow, that was true. That really, that's true. I need, to, I need to stop being bitter. I need to stop being jealous. I need to stop lusting so much um, at all. <laughs> uh, but then as soon as you walk out that door, because you didn't act on it immediately, what happens? You forget. And then your friends come around and you start talking, and oh, and the topic changes, and you've forgotten what the word was that was spoken. So he's, he's, he's encouraging you to act on it immediately. Don't say, yeah, that's that's true. I need to change that. I need to work on that. And then wait and go home and watch TV and do homework and and cuz then by the time your life has started again, that's that's in the back burner. God wants you to act immediately on what you on on the things that he shows you through his word. Uh, now here's where I might get in trouble. But uh tonight we're going to we're going to look at some some things that we might see when we look in the Word. All right? Um, When we look in the Word, because the Word is like a mirror, it says. And it shows us who we really are. Some of us, it will show us that we're just angry. Some of us, it will show us that we don't really love a lot. We're really only concerned about ourselves. So tonight, I want... This mirror—it's a magical mirror. It's a spiritual mirror. It will show you exactly what you are spiritually. Okay. Who wants to volunteer? I didn't think so. <laughs> so I'm going to ask Brother Anton if you would volunteer first. You don't have a choice. This uh. And it's wireless, so it'll magically transfer the image up to the screen. Okay? It's got wireless technology. So, here we go. Brother Anton, are you ready to see what you really look like spiritually? I'm not sure. I don't know, but here it is. Let's see. What does it look like? Oh! Oh, man! Oh. Oh! Oh! Oh, so what is it? Spiritually, Anthon's Anton, got a big mouth. <laughs> Anthon likes to gossip and talk about people behind their back. And the word will show him that. The word will show him that. <laughs> All right, who's second? Who's next? Oh, Jared. No, it needs to be a girl. I want a girl. Erica, let's see. Erica, let's see. What what does Erica look like? Oh, Ah, Erica Erica loves money. That's money. You can't really see it. But Erica loves money. The word will show you if, if you're greedy, if you like money. If you'll do anything for money, we've seen that show on VH1 called I, I, I Love Money. Uh, I haven't seen it. I just know it's on there. I promise. <laughs> Come on. We all flip through channels, right? Anyway. The world will show us if we, if we love money. Craig. Craig, what do you think you look like in the spiritual mirror? You don't know? Let's take a look. Let's see. Craig, what do you look like? Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> I don't I don't even know. I have no words for <laughs> for what that might mean. Wow. Let's let's see what brother Charlie looks like. Charlie, what do you think you look like? Do you, you think you look like a terrorist? I don't know. Maybe maybe you do. oh yeah ah oh, oh. <laughs> mirror doesn't lie (laughs) it doesn't lie so but what happens if the word shows you that that's what you look like do you look at it and you say "Mm, that's ugly I don't want to look at that anymore and then you turn away and you forget what does the word say you are if you do that you're you're fooling yourself, okay? And you're still clinging to the wickedness that prevents you from living a righteous life, the life that Jesus has called you to, to be like him, that he empowers you to be through his spirit. What happens when we actually look at the law, when we look at his word, and it shows us the things that we don't want to look at. What happens? The one who looks intently at the perfect law. The law is perfect. The law of liberty. How does a law bring liberty? Hmm. This is how God works. And abides in it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer. This man will be blessed in what he does. We all want to be blessed. Let's not get lazy and dwell on and, and try to hold on to the, to the filthiness and the wickedness that remains. Let's be humble. Let's receive the word. Let's, let's let our hearts be changed and, and do something about it so that these kind of statistics that come out will not be true of us. Last two verses. If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, wait, deceiving again, deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. He's given us practical examples of how we can do, of how we, we can not just hear, but we can do. We do by taming our tongue, and he, get, and he gets into this later on. We don't just get to spit out whatever we want with our tongue and then call ourselves religious. Our religion is worthless if we do not bridle our tongue. He tells us what real religion is. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Help those who can't return the favor. The orphan, the widow, we have, we have care kitchen in this church, many times serving widows and orphans and people who cannot do anything in return. So that, that's how we know that what we're doing is pure and undefiled because we know we're not trying to get anything back from it. Uh, we, you saw the video of the wave. We had one, one young person sign up for it, but they didn't go on it because they went to care kitchen instead. And uh and I and I went up to them after, after on the next day and I was like, Hey, you know, you signed up for the way, why didn't why didn't you go? And they were like, God cares more about care kitchen than the beach. I think the I think the mommy told her to say that. But anyway, uh <laughs> it's true. It's true. And that's why I'm looking forward this year to to us implementing, uh, taking small groups and, and letting them work in the care kitchen this year with our young people. I, I, hope, I hope you guys aren't intimidated by it because uh, it's, it's a way for you to do. It's a way for you to not just be a hearer, but a way for you to be blessed by God. Not, not a way for you to be scared, but a way for God to bless you. I recently had uh, remember Richard was looking for for a place to stay for for one of the guys who was helping him out, um, and they, they couldn't find anywhere for him to stay, so it was it was a good thing for me to let him stay in my house for a week because he is an orphan, and he's eighteen, but he's still uh, still an orphan, and so in that way I got to live out the word and and help orphans and help someone who wasn't going to be able to help me back. Um, And I'm not bragging about it, I promise. Um, But it was just a great opportunity. And I think we need to ask the Lord to help us recognize those opportunities and to act on them. Young people, what would your school look like if you were actually doing the Word instead of just hearing it? Hmm. If your friends knew that you were a Christian, not just because you said it, but because you were loving, because they saw, uh, they saw how you responded when that person tried to pick a fight with you, said something rude to you, but you were quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Would people think that Christianity was more than just a faith or would they think that it was something that was life-changing? So I encourage you guys tonight, be doers of the word tomorrow in school and, and every week, every day. Don't just come here on a Sunday night or on a Friday night or Wednesday night or whatever and and expect to be entertained by me because tonight was, you know that was an exception, right? But we had fun. (laughs) So, and last thing, uh, parents, please, be doers of the word in your home because if the teens don't see you doing it, the person, the people who they are around the most, if they don't see you living it out, they're not going to be motivated to live it out. So let's do it. Let's do the word. Let's not be a statistic. Let's not be people who who soak up all the Christian literature and all the Christian music, but still have our hearts in the world. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word and how it convicts and, and, shows, and shows me where I'm wrong. But Lord, I also thank you for your mercy, for the grace that you give us through Jesus Christ, that he made it possible for us to have a relationship with you through his death burial and resurrection and his perfect life on earth. Lord, I pray tonight for anyone who, who does not know you, that your spirit would, would show them that they need to know Jesus Christ the Son of God, who died for them and rose for them. Lord, help us to walk out these doors and still have a heart that is sensitive to you and not more concerned with our friends and and what people think of us. Lord, help us to be concerned with, with loving you through our obedience. In Jesus' name, amen.